Devoncast from Radio X. Hello and welcome to Devoncast, the weekly podcast looking at local and regional issues in Devon. The politics, the people and how decisions here affect how we live, work and enjoy our county. I'm Philip Cherm. I'm Ollie Heptonstall. And I'm Rob Kershaw. This week we'll look at an extraordinary week in Plymouth, the upcoming local elections and Exeter Chiefs' first silverware since 2020. We'll also hear a chat with Exeter Chiefs coach Ricky Pello after they lifted their first silverware of the Devon Cast from Radio X. But first, this week it would be an understatement to say that it's been a turbulent last couple of weeks for Plymouth City Council. And now, Phil, it's taken another turn. It certainly has. Only last week you were talking about over a hundred trees being felled in Plymouth City Centre. A move which led to not just a local outcry, but hit the national headlines. Well, that whole affair has not just brought down the trees, it's now brought down the leader of the council. Conservative Richard Bingley has said he's packing it in before he faced not just one, but two votes of no confidence at the full council meeting on Monday. It's only a year since he took the top job after the previous leader, Nick Kelly was ousted in a vote of no confidence. So the question is, who's going to take over? Well, in another strange twist, which is more like something from West Wing than local politics, Tory MP Johnny Mercer and Tory MP Sir Gary Streeter have been suggesting who they think should take over from the Tory leader, Richard Bingley, and that's Labour's Tudor Evans. As many people are now beginning to wonder why leading Conservatives have suddenly become pro-Labour, Councillor Evans has thanked them for their support but says he wants that decision to be left to the electorate in May. He spoke on BBC's Spotlight programme on Wednesday night. This is unprecedented that Gary Streeter and uh, Johnny Mercer have lost confidence in the whole Conservative administration. I've been on the council 35 years and I have never seen two Tory MPs abandon their Conservative colleagues on the council in this way. This is a shock to hear them say that they have no faith in any Conservative to take the leadership. Not only that, for the Conservative Party in Plymouth to continue to run Plymouth. That is what they have called for today, for the resignation of the leader and for the abandonment of their Conservative colleagues on the council because they don't think they're up to the job. I've never heard anything like it. It's extraordinary and it's a red letter day in politics. A dramatic week then in Plymouth, Philip, much like last week, and it's continuing again on Friday with the High Court ruling on the on the tree issue. It is indeed. The High Court is going to be deciding whether the procedure that was undertaken, the executive order to be able to pull down so many trees, was actually legitimate. And, uh, you know, if it wasn't, I'm not sure what they do about the 110 trees that have already come down. Uh, but if, uh, if it was legitimate, well, of course, they can then continue and take down the remaining, well, basically a handful of trees that are left. And what do you see happening next politically? We've got this full council meeting at the start of the week. We have indeed. It was likely, the whole issue was likely to dominate that meeting. There were several uh, motions being put forward relating to that. Uh, And of course, there were the motions that were being put forward to actually oust Richard Bingley. The two parties, the Independent Alliance, have brought in one motion. The Greens have brought in another to be able to oust him in relation to that. But it will, it's going to be probably one of the most vibrant debates that's going to be taking place between now and the elections in May, with all parties having their own particular stance and angle on that. Can you fathom why 
Tory MPs have suggested that the Labour leader take lead of, of the council. This is highly unusual, isn't it? There's two ways of looking at it. The one line that Labour would like to think was the angle on this is the Conservatives have looked at the Tory administration and said there's nobody good enough to be able to run the council, therefore we need another party to do it. That's obviously what Labour would like to think. There is another angle on this, which is basically Tories getting together at the highest level, Johnny Mercer and uh, Gary Streeter, to be able to turn around and say, well, you say everything's been done wrong. Now you go and do it. You go and sort this out. And to basically to try and shift some of the responsibility onto whoever does take over. In this particular case, it would be Tudor Evans. And to say, look, you were also involved in this process. You've also been involved in many of the decisions that have been taken part in the city and they could use that as part of their election process in the run-up to May. So it, it, it could be complementary to Labour or it could be tactical. Do they have a point though, these Tory MPs who are suggesting that Labour takes over because they have been the largest party on Plymouth City Council for quite a while now, since I think it was January. Is the Labour Party in Plymouth and Tudor Evans, are they shirking responsibility a little bit because it is, it is tricky at the moment? It's a question I've asked many times, and they say, no, they're not. They're saying that the decision for who actually runs the council should be made by the electorate. They say it's a democratic process and they don't want to do that. Now, they wouldn't have taken over in January because it would have been argued that the budget that was then due to come out shortly after that would have been the responsibility of Labour. Labour didn't want that to happen. They wanted to make sure it was clearly put in the uh, hands of the Tory administration that had spent months putting that together. So that's one reason why they didn't take over then. Could they take over now? Well, they don't have an absolute majority. They have the most seats. So there is an argument to say, well, let's see what happens in May and to see if they can get an overall majority then. In the meantime, I think all the parties want to be able to try and concentrate on telling the electorate what their potential policies are for the next sort of six or seven weeks. Speaking of elections, you've brought us very nicely on to the next part of this week's podcast. Devoncast from Radio X. Now, as you may be aware, the local elections are just a few weeks away now. Voters will be heading to the polls on the 4th of May and loads of our councils are up for election. We'll start with you, Rob. What's been contested in your parts of the county? Yeah, so as you may be uh, aware at home, I cover Torbay, East Devon, North Devon and Torridge. All four of those councils are up for elections in May. We'll begin with Torbay. Nearly 40 seats are available. Uh, the Conservatives have the most seats in terms of parties, but the Lib Dems and the Independents came together after the last local election to essentially form a, a bit of a majority, really. So they are the partnership. They, they, are, they take umbrage with being called a coalition, but uh, they, they are the partnership that runs Torbay Council. It's a strange situation on Torbay, isn't it? Because am I right in thinking that the uh, Tories have the largest amount of seats individually, but Lib Dems and the Independents form the administration there? Yes. So uh, the Conservatives did get the most amount of seats at the last election. They currently actually only have uh, 13 councils available. That is due to the, the really sad passing, actually, of, of Jane Barnby last um, last month. So uh, our, our condolences go out to, to her family and, and friends at this time. But yes, they did get the most amount of seats at the last election. And then the Lib Dems partnered with the independent group and uh, they then formed uh, the, the, the administration at the moment. So there isn't currently actual overall control at, at Torbay Council, but the Lib Dems and the independents um, are, are essentially running the show over there. What about the rest of your patches then, Rob? You're going to have a busy old time in May, aren't you? I think you, they're all up for election. 
I certainly am. So uh, East Devon uh, have also got their full elections coming up. The Lib Dems, the Greens and some independents have come together to form the East Devon Alliance. So uh, that is the administration in East Devon, despite the fact that in terms of parties, the Conservatives uh, have the most uh, have the most seats. But there are more independent councillors. It's a very, very complicated situation and difficult to explain uh, in East Devon at the moment. Uh, We've also learned uh, this week that there are going to be four independent councillors, including the leader, Paul Arnott, who will be standing as Lib Dem candidates in May. So there'll be potentially some some key changes in East Devon at the le- next election. Perhaps somebody will take some overall control. Uh, and we've got Torridge and North Devon uh, up for election as well. North Devon is the only one of my councils that actually has a party in full control, and that's North Devon uh, with the Lib Dems. Right, so that that's those ones kind of covered off. Ollie, what's happening in, in, in your patches? Well, Exeter City Council, they are having elections again, and it's a similar situation with with Plymouth, I believe, Philip. Um, They both have a third every year. Bit of a strange system, a third of the seats up for grabs each year, and that is the same this year. Labour does go into it with two-thirds of the seats, 26 out of the 39. So not in much danger, really, of... um, of losing control of the council. They'd have to have a a real collapse. Uh, The Tories and Greens, they both have five seats each. Some interesting stories, I think, might come out of it. The Greens will be hoping to gain on their three gains that they made last year, and the Tories will be hoping to to bounce back a bit after they lost a bit of ground. Elsewhere in my patches are Mid-Devon, They have a full election. You may have heard on a podcast a couple of weeks ago about change at the top in mid-Devon, the leader losing his place after falling out with the Conservatives over the uh, controversial uh, property development company there. So all 42 seats are up for grabs on mid-Devon, which is currently run by an independent coalition who was sort of in caretaker charge, I think you could say, until May. Now, the Tories are the largest party at the moment without a majority, but uh, they'll be hoping to build on that. But, you know, with the national picture, I imagine it will be difficult. We'll have to wait and see there. The Liberal Democrats, they'll be eyeing up taking over after winning that uh, Tiverton and Honiton by-election last year through Richard Ford. So I imagine they'll be giving that one a real good go. How about you, Philip, down in, uh, in West Devon? Well, down here, Plymouth, Southams, West Devon and Teambridge councils, they're all going to the polls on May the 4th, but there are a little bit of differences between those various councils. Now, all of the 47 seats in Teambridge are up for grabs as the council um, only has elections every four years, in a similar way to many of the authorities you were talking about there. Uh, The Lib Dems dominate there. They have 21 seats and the Conservatives have 11. Independents and the South Devon Alliance make up the remainder of the seats. And voters there will also be choosing town and parish councillors too. Looking at Plymouth, that's around a third of the seats there, a third of the 57 seats are being contested. Now, we've spoken about the interesting balance of seats there. It's Conservative controlled, but after a number of Tories left that group, Labour now have 25 seats compared to the Tories' 23. Independents and Greens hold the other seats, but not all councillors are standing for re-election. Of course, two-thirds of them won't be. Nevertheless, those kind of numbers, which are quite close to 25 to 23, do suggest that the vote could see some significant changes in the council house. Looking at Southams, Southams and West Devon, uh, elections for all seats there. And like Timbridge, there'll also be votes for town and parish councils too. Now, in terms of the makeup there, Southams is Conservative controlled, the Lib 
Democrat, the Lib Dems have a uh, status of the main opposition group there. In West Devon, that's uh, in hands of the Tories, but the West Devon Alliance uh, is the main opposition. That's a, a collection of, of, of sort of independents, really. Uh, there are absolutely no Labour councillors in Teambridge, Southams or West Devon. Interesting, isn't it, Philip? How, how do you think things will go for these local elections you know, the Liberal Democrats are a bit more of a force in certain areas down here than than Labour. How will they look to build on, on the Tories' struggles nationally, I think it's fair to say? There has been this history in the southwest of Lib Dems doing well. They have quite a strong history down here, certainly on the local councils. And I think many people will be looking at... Uh, at national politics and local politics and saying, look, you know, where do we want to go other than Conservatives? Now, there is still a very solid Conservative backing down here, but many people will turn to the Lib Dems. However, because there also seems to be this shift, if you look at some of the polls elsewhere, away from what are seen as being some of the mainstream parties, I suspect that there's going to be quite a few Greens that are going to pick up seats. We've already seen that in the by-elections in Plymouth. So there does seem to be a rising popularity of, of, the, of the Greens and maybe some of the independents as well. The Independent Alliance, which is growing in Plymouth, is certainly hoping to pick up some seats. And uh, it will be quite interesting. Uh, certainly in places like West Devon, uh, there are hints that they could get at least one Labour councillor on there uh, because this is somebody who stood in a by-election only last year and missed it by one vote. So there's a, a possibility uh, she's standing again and is hoping to be able to pick up. So it's a little bit crystal ball gazing. It's very difficult to see, uh, but I think we are going to see a slightly different makeup of the councils in all of these local authorities. It'll be interesting to see. Just finally with you, Rob, we asked Tudor Evans, didn't we, last week about why Labour has historically struggled in Torbay. They don't have any councillors there at the moment. Do you think that will change come May? I'm struggling. I'm struggling to see if, if, if it is going to change. I've spoken to, to council officers about this in, in Torbay and they simply don't know what, what's going to happen. Uh, and just kind of speaking to a, a couple of uh, a couple of councillors as well, and, and they're generally not too sure if, if Labour are going to have much of a shot at, at the next election. They might gain one or two seats potentially, but at, at the moment, looking at it, I'm struggling to see Labour gaining much of a presence in Torbay. We will have to wait and see those elections on the 4th of May. And don't forget, you need to register to vote, as we discussed a few weeks ago. Devoncast from Radio X. Right, let's go through some other news in the county then. Devon and Torbay have come together to re-sign an armed forces covenant, helping military service men and women find employment, health care and housing. And speaking after the signing on Wednesday was Devon County Councillor and Cabinet Member for Community and Equality, Roger Crote. I'm not saying that armed forces or, or veterans should be privileged in any way, <clears throat> but I want to make sure um, the fact that... Um, They've got full access to um, what civilian life has got. Devoncast from Radio X. Ollie, what's been happening elsewhere? Well, Rob, we talked about this uh, last week, didn't we, with our guests Julian Brazil and Philip Skinner about uh, Teambridge Hospital and a potential review into that closure. Now, Devon's Health Scrutiny Committee, that met on Tuesday and it's agreed to investigate the possible impacts of the NHS proposals before deciding whether to refer them back to the Health Secretary for a second time. Uh, The campaign to save it has continued 
in recent months with the Teambridge District Council recently unanimously voting to support the hospital's plight and agreeing to write to current Health Secretary Steve Barclay to review the closure again. Councillors there claim there's much more pressure on the health system since the original decision which was made before the pandemic. And at the meeting this week at Devon County Council, several speakers urged it to ask the government again for another review. Uh, now, the NHS says its plan was supported by more than 60% of people in a 2020 consultation, which attracted over a 1,000 responses and added in a statement, our model of providing care gives us more capacity than a rehabilitation ward would. Now, the uh, committee are expected to decide what to do at its next meeting in June. In the meantime, they're going to try and gather evidence to see if they've got enough to, to submit back to the government. How about you, Philip? Well, we mentioned uh, Plymouth's full council meeting taking place on Monday. That should be quite interesting. There are quite a few motions set to be discussed there, and some of them are really worth watching out for. Of course, those motions that were going to take place on the votes of no confidence in the leader are no longer going to take place because he'll have stepped down by then. There are calls, however, for a full independent review of the Armada Way project. That was the project that that uh, involved the, the destruction of those trees. There are also motions about alleged voter suppression in the upcoming local elections and that relates to these new compulsory ID rules that are coming in. We've spoken about on this about that on this podcast before and about the kinds of ID that are allowed and are not allowed. There's also going to be some motions on how to limit the number of properties being used as houses in multiple occupancy across Plymouth. There seems to be a rising concern the city itself is not supposed to have any more than 10% of its properties which have been licensed as houses of multiple occupancy. However, there's a couple of wards where it is very close to that 10% of all the properties there. So uh, certainly some things to watch out for and we'll see how those develop. Yeah, sounds like a, a really busy full-on meeting in Plymouth in what has been a really, really busy couple of weeks for them. Devoncast from Radio X. Finally then, it has been a week to celebrate for the Exeter Chiefs after they lift did the Premiership Rugby Cup for the first time in five years following a dramatic extra-time victory over London Irish in the capital. Here's the post-match interview with skills coach Ricky Pello speaking to Radio X's Josh Tate. Extremely proud, yeah, proud of the players, proud of yeah, the way that we grew and how we grew throughout the game. So from a club perspective, yeah, it's another trophy and it'll be one that will be one of, one of their special memories. Yeah, obviously, we've won this competition in the past, but... For this group of players, it's a, it's a new group. So to be able to win something and to have something now to take back to Devon and back to our supporters and and, and back you know, to Exeter Chiefs is a memory that won't get taken away from them. What are your opinions on the game as a whole? Um, I think if you just looked at it from a rugby perspective, I think first half was scrappy. I thought London Irish had clarity around the game and around how they wanted to play the game and it took us time to, to settle. I thought... We were a little bit nervous in, in that first you know, 40 to 60 minutes. But then as the, the game went on, I thought we, we grew as a, as a team. Um, and then when we went into extra time, we sort of sat there as coaches and just thought, right, we, we've got this, just because we could see that the guys were starting to play a bit more with their chests out, a bit more confidence. So you mentioned being nervous. Were the staff nervous at all towards the end of the game? Um, I'm grey for a reason. I've got a... <laughs> A white beard and grey hair, and I think I'm definitely going to have added a few more grey hairs along the way. And I, I know Gareth uh, Steenson and Gareth Adder aren't grey, but I reckon they've added a few today. 
yeah, we'll, we'll enjoy us as a, a group of coaches. I think we're a young group in terms of coaching together, but I think what we have done is we've we've grown as a coaching group. And yeah, if we sit here and say that we weren't nervous, we'd be lying. Yeah, if we were saying we weren't nervous yesterday, we weren't. No, but that's what's exciting about sport to be able to to feel those emotions and also to be part of the game. Sometimes we have to have clarity and control around how we are, but other times you just got to enjoy it and go on that try went in and we knew that we won it. We were celebrating like like the players, which is which is nice as well. Extra Chief Skills coach Ricky Pello there, uh, and there still could be more success for the Chiefs this season. They're still in the Champions Cup and could still finish in the Premiership end of season playoffs. That's it now for this edition of Devoncast. Thanks, as always, for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, and we'll be back with more next week. Devoncast from Radio X.